The views and opinions expressed during this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cox Media Group Ohio. This hour is sponsored by There is a Season. This is WHIO's consumer warrior, Clark Howard. Beware scam artists in Dayton. I'll find you out. This is WHIO meteorologist, Kirsty Zantini. If weather breaks this hour, we will break it. And you're listening to an Ask the Expert weekend on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. There is a season Good morning and welcome to There is a Season, the show about how we change, how we age, and how we care for one another. I'm Bob Wolf, And I'm Gloria Shanahan. Thank you for joining us today. We appreciate you joining us for a little while, and we hope you tell your friends and family about our show. This is it. This is Ground Zero, Grand Central Station, the place where ideas of change, aging, and care of our families are explored and exchanged. With you as student and advisor... Judge and jury of what goes on here each week, we endeavor always to provoke some new thought or energize an old one, and in the end, leave you that much more informed and inspired. And the show is that much better with your input. It is. Not yours. Oh. Theirs. Dang. (laughs) So feel free to call us today at 457-1290. That's 937-457-1290. Anywhere in the area. So, it happened again, Bob. What's that? Poor customer service. Seems to be a, seems to be a daily event, a weekly event anyway. Right. What happened? So, I'm at a local, won't name the place, steakhouse, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, the, the lady, the hostess, goes to seat us at a, a table near the back. And to get to the table way in the back that she wants to seat us at... We all have to literally step over. Now, I'm not just talking about a few peanut shells, but somebody who had previous been there and left had purposely dumped, I'd say, two of the little buckets of peanuts onto the floor. And we had to step over. Now, mind you, I'm with somebody who's not quite as mobile, you know, so it's a little, I'm like, it's a danger. It's a safety risk, right, for a fall. Mm-hmm. And I say to the, the younger hostess, I say, you really, you know, need to get those cleaned up. Somebody's going to slip and fall. And her comment to me was, well, that's not my job. <laughs> Don't you love hearing that? I'm like, how hard is it to get the little scooper broom and sweep it up and yeah, clean it up? But, but it that's not my job. Right. It wasn't on, it wasn't on her uh, job description when she took that position, right? Right. So we wouldn't want to do that because <clears throat> it's not part of her job. Right. No well, initiative to say, I'm taking care of that. I, I got one too. Mine is also a dining thing. Mm-hmm. Now, like a lot of you, I, I spent some time earlier in my life in food service. I know Same. you did, right? Yep. And you come to appreciate good service when you get it. Absolutely. And you really notice it when it's bad. And I try not to go off on it too much, but but once I start noticing something's weird, I kind of look around the restaurant and going, oh my, oh my. When oh you my. see people just kind of stand around with right. nothing to do and you still haven't been waited on or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. so we so had a situation... Where I uh, walked in, you know, there's there's dishes piled all over the place that haven't been bussed. Uh-huh. So I'm thinking, okay, they got a, they got a little shortage of help here, but s- surely somebody, somebody, the manager, anybody could maybe bust these tables because it looks awful, right? Right. So that was going on. And this is a fairly nice restaurant, too. I mean, we're not talking, you know, the greasy spoon or anything like that. This is the, the, this, <laughs> the, this is, uh, this is a, a, a pretty nice Decent. restaurant. So there's plates all over the place. And... Uh, so that some ordered some beverages, including some adult beverages. They never came. And I waited, waited, never came. We had waited now uh, a good bit for this table. We're there about 40 minutes and still don't have anything. So <laughs> talk to a manager. And, of course, I'm going to call this manager Make It Right, who <laughs> make has it this right. look on her face like, oh, sir, I'm, absolutely, that's unacceptable, blah, 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 blah. Goes to try to take care of things. Still have to wait a little bit longer, Right. And then eventually people start showing up at the table and they have the happy faces like, hey, how's the best meal in town? And all this kind of thing. And we're, and we're going, this has not been the best meal in town. More waiting, missed items. And here's the thing. I came away with the sense that there's an awful lot of activity going on in the restaurant right now. But nobody seems to know what's going on. It didn't really seem like they understood what they were supposed to be doing as a restaurant, which was, especially for the prices, delighting us, you know? And, and did you see like some... Standing around, just kind of like, yeah, yeah, that's, and you're going, do not see all the dirty dishes on all the tables. And 
People yeah. looking around like, where's my waitress? Yeah. Right. Sign of the times, Bob. I don't know. It just seems like service is not great in a lot of places and that a lot of people just don't care. Yeah, well, of course, as Gloria and I and our families and friends experience these things, we do our reflecting about these things. We do some researching. It's kind of a habit when you have a program like this. And one of the things we're wondering is, is this new? Is this this poor service thing, this attitude, is it new or is it a growing problem in America? Is the concept of a work ethic even broadly understood anymore? Right. Well, I think poor service has been with us for a long time. I'm sure many would agree that there's always been, you know, issues with poor service here and there. But I have heard many people in different professions. I'm not just uh, saying retail or food service or those minimum wage positions, but in professional settings, too. You know, they say that they've had a very hard time finding and keeping good employees, employees that have initiative and some insight to what they need to be doing. And while we make it a point on this show to be as inclusive as possible, one thing I hear a lot is that this generation, that is this younger generation, doesn't seem to even want to work. Well, certainly, certainly many do. Okay, yeah, so before that's before right. The, it's a general. You know, everyone statement. gets all hacked off about that. Right. Certainly, many do. But I, I've also heard the same thing, and like you say, not just in what I would call frontline retail positions, right. but in other kinds of things. And you're going really. In professional play, where people have trained for these Degrees. jobs. Right. Right. <clears throat> and uh, there's also been, uh, within that, though, there has been a lot of press about what millennials and the generation emerging after them, I think, what do we call them? <laughs> I think we called them digital addicts once. I, I don't know if that's fair anymore, but I think probably it is, is in light of other shows we've done. Yeah. Uh, there's been a lot of stories about what they want and need from work and what companies have done to kind of motivate them, you know, ping pong tables and you know, a relaxed dress code and all this kind of thing. Uh, but there's not been a whole lot about what this younger generation seems to be ready to give to work. Right. And, you know, hear a lot about what they want, but not necessarily what they're willing to give to work. In fact, it's not hard to find, with a little Googling, mainstream business articles about younger workers and productivity, or perhaps the lack thereof. Right. So this comes from 2016, Bob. This is an article from the Business Insider. And this is how it starts. Millennials are a problem at work, okay? At least that's what people are telling the Dallas Federal Reserve. It said the, uh, the latest, uh, th now this is back a couple of years ago, Dallas Fed manufacturing report showed that factory activity slowed down much more than expected in the time period. The uh, survey um, factory uh, of these factory owners uh, was was done compiled on a monthly basis, and the final report includes edited anecdotes about how businesses are doing. A lot of complaining was going on at the time. I don't know if people remember this because the Department of Labor had a new overtime rule, which more than doubled the income threshold eligibility. And let's not get caught caught up in the numbers here. Uh, the concern at the time, though, because of the overtime rule, was that it was going to raise the cost of labor. And one manufacturer was furious because he was also saying that millennials already weren't bothering to give him his money's worth. So aside from the Department of Labor rule, he was already concerned he wasn't getting what he was paying for. Right. Here's and, the quote. Yeah, so here's what he told the Dallas Fed. The Department of Labor rules and other government regulations are seriously slowing down business development, increasing overhead cost, reducing productivity, and causing increased management time spent on non-customer-focused slash non-value-added efforts. We have a serious productivity problem with office workers and estimated that less than 50% of their time is spent on value-creating business activities. Wow. That's a scary stat. What we, what we used to call billable time. <laughs> there you go. Are you ready for this? The younger workers are often off-task, engaged on social media, on the internet, texting on their phones, and other unproductive activities. The Department of Labor must realize that if we are supposed to pay them overtime for work, they should do during normal work. This will make us have to focus on, you ready for this, micromanaging their employees and reducing compensation to reflect actual productivity of a mandated 40-hour or less work week. Now, I dare say that uh, digital distraction affects people of all ages, but as we've discussed on this program before, it would seem younger people simply cannot put their devices down. I've even wondered 
amidst whatever recovery we've had since the Great Recession, and even uh, since President Trump has taken office, if worker productivity is still the economic factor most impacting slower than expected growth. So, you know, you think about all these things like tax cuts and regulations, all this kind of stuff. Uh, is there something else here? Is there a smoking gun related to productivity and particularly to workers and maybe their distraction? So this was this is from now more updated early this year. It appeared in U.S. Just, News just this past month. Uh, yeah, and the, well, this, they record uh, the, the report came in this last month, but it was about first quarter. And it right. said U.S. productivity was up a week, 0.4 percent in January through March, the first quarter. Labor Department said that um, the productivity increase was revised down from what they had expected. It was going to be supposedly 0.7 percent, uh, but labor costs have grown up. Productivity, a key factor determining how fast the economy can grow and how much living standards can increase, has been anemic throughout the economic recovery. So this is going all the way back to the Great Recession 2008-2009, and it has lagged. Right. Productivity is the amount of output per hour of work. The small revision to the first quarter figure reflected the fact that the economy's overall output of goods and services as measured by the gross domestic product was revised down slightly to a GDP growth rate of 2.2% in first quarter instead of the initial estimate of 2.3%. Now, it, it, people are unsure why this is occurring. The economists are uncertain, you know, why has, uh, you know, productivity been so anemic during this last nine-year expansion? Um, so here we are, even after a stock market boom, um, overall the popular tax cut that went in last, uh, beginning of this year, really, and President Trump can't get his, you know, desired 3% growth. We're not economists, certainly, on this show, but it does make you wonder what else is in play. Uh, certainly, our country has way too much regulation and taxation, but it also has had those things for decades. Um, we're not going to find the smoking gun in just worker productivity, right? That's not going to be the only thing. But is there something less than productive about the American worker today, and particularly those in this younger generation, what do you think? Four, five, seven, twelve, ninety. Yep. So, Bob, when we talked about um, the work ethic several years ago, we drew on an article from 2012, I recall, in USA Today that captured some of the anxiety that was being felt by the employers and you know even the hiring managers back then about the emerging workforce that they were you know that they were experiencing. Yeah, and it opened <laughs> up with this comment, which I just think is classic. It's just not convenient referring to the self-centered work ethic of young employees right right those weren't the exact words <laughs> a young contract worker used when explaining to his client why he hadn't completed a project that had a drop dead deadline of yesterday <laughs> but that's what it came down to the client says in his defense the worker did say this well it wasn't as easy as i thought it would be i ran into some glitches along the way plus i've got a lot going on i've got a life you know the client obviously wasn't buying it I don't care what generation you belong to. There's this thing called work ethic, making a commitment, doing what you'll say you'll do, being responsible and accountable is not about whether it's convenient for you or not. The article goes on to ask, is getting work done on time and on budget a generational thing, right? Mm -hmm. So this article, and we've got a lot more from that, that, that appeared back in 2012, but many would say it's still a problem today. What do you think? Are more employees today lacking what passed and current or older generations have traditionally called a work ethic. How would you describe a work ethic anyway? What does that mean? Four, five, seven, twelve, ninety to join us. When we continue, we'll hear from another author and researcher who's asking some of the same questions and who wonders about attitude, expectations, a sense of employee entitlement, and more. All that ahead, plus your calls. Thanks for keeping us company this morning. We'll be back after this. You are listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Dayton and Springfield Station for 24-hour news, weather, and traffic. And our Ask the Expert weekends. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. At Miami Valley Gaming, a Buckeye in your pocket is lucky. Ooh, why am I yelling? Because our new Buckeyes are so lucky. This place is really buzzing. And with over 1,800 gaming machines, sometimes you need to speak up. 
So put a Buckeye in your pocket and come see for yourself. We're just off I-75 at exit 29. Miami Valley Gaming, get ready to get lucky. Must be 21. Gambling problem in Ohio? Call the Gambling Helpline at 1-800-589-9966. Could you retire sooner than you think and with greater financial security? Hello, I'm David Gaylor, president of Tradewinds Financial Group. I'm also the author of Income Allocation. You will learn strategies to create a dependable, sustainable, and predictable income stream for your retirement. You'll also learn critical information about the two risks you must manage for a successful retirement. Learn more about these strategies and give Tradewinds Financial Group a call. 800-385-0437. That's 800-385-0437. History comes to life at Carillon Historical Park's Carillon Brewery. Witness the age-old brewing techniques of our ancestors as our brewmasters bring celebrated recipes to life. You'll taste the history of beer from the classic ales of the late 1800s to today's craft beers. We also offer a full menu of historically inspired hearty fare for lunch and dinner. You're sure to find a classic favorite to satisfy your appetite in a one-of-a-kind atmosphere. Savor history by the pint at the Carillon Brewing Company. Get great deals going on now during Menard's Priced Right Sale. Pre-blended general-purpose concrete mix is great for sidewalks, floors, steps, patios, curbs, and setting posts. All you have to do is add water, mix, and pour. Right now, pick up four 60-pound bags of concrete mix for only $9. Find these and other great savings during Menard's Priced Right Sale. Going on now through July 7th. Save big money at Menard's. Life doesn't stop on the weekends and neither do you so we understand that it can be hard to find the time to shop for a mattress. This is Robin Trzinski of the Original Mattress Factory, and we have a completely new website designed to help you simplify the mattress shopping experience. Check out our products, view our prices, and even place an order for pickup, local delivery, or to have it shipped outside of our delivery area. Just visit OriginalMattress.com and find a thoughtfully made, honestly priced mattress of your own. The Original Mattress Factory. Great beds, no bull. Lots of sunshine today with a high near 83, mainly clear skies tonight. It'll be a pleasant night, low down to 59. More sunshine for Sunday and getting warmer, a high near 87. I'm meteorologist Josh Poland on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. It's our Ask the Experts weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather and traffic, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Well, welcome back to There is a Season. I'm Bob, and frankly, it's just not convenient. <laughs> it's not. I need to go back to the reality TV Donald Trump and say, you're fired. 457-1290 is the number to call today if you'd like to share your thoughts on the idea of work ethic. Yes, welcome back to There is a Season. We're talking about work ethic today. Are more employees today lacking what past and current or older generations have traditionally called work ethic? How would you describe work ethic anyway? Four five seven twelve ninety to join us. Let's go to uh, David, who's first up today. David, welcome to the program. How are you? Oh, hey, morning. You know, uh, a couple of things. I'm a baby boomer, and uh, I remember when they were crying about us not working, and we better go to work, and we better go fight their wars, and all this sort of thing. So I, I'm not sure if I believe all of this hype, but uh, the one thing I do uh, think is odd. You remember in schools, uh, if you're as old as I am, uh, there was plenty of discussion of the inventors. You know, Thomas Edison and all these famous inventors had made millions and millions of dollars by creative stuff. Mm -hmm. And so there were a lot of inventors all through the country. You could go deep in the country and find somebody working in their back shed, you know, creating something interesting. And sure enough, five, ten years later, they patented it and got it going. So... I'm sure there are plenty of millennials uh, who are just as uh, interested in doing something like that. And uh, one guy, I, I remember they talked about Walt Disney. Uh, you know, Walt Disney created billions, hundreds of billions probably now, uh, in inventive stuff by creating Walt Disney Studios. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because uh, they say that J. Edgar Hoover was blackmailing him because he, he was an illegal immigrant. And he came across the border when he was young and 
created hundreds of billions of dollars for America, and uh, and he'd probably been deported if we left it up to Trump. <laughs> that that's possible. I, I I don't know. But the uh, the the question, and I appreciate the call. Thank you, David. The uh, the question of uh, innovation, you know, versus some of what we're talking about here, work ethic. There's always going to be innovators. You know, even in in more recent times, we've had Bill Gates, we've had Steve Jobs, we've had a lot of people who have innovated in the tech sector. There aren't as many of the uh, Thomas Edison's and you know the, the industrial revolution types today as there may have been back then, uh, but but the nature of our economy has changed. Um, and our question today is beyond some of these innovators and some of these very bright people, including Mark Zuckerberg. You know Zuckerberg yeah, for, for all. Facebook. Yeah, I yeah. mean there's no there's no hard uh, device that he produced there. Has there been some other kind of a lag uh, that has occurred? You know. Because you know, in terms of our national productivity, because of of some of the younger workers, let's uh, welcome Kyle to the program. See what he's think thinks. Kyle, welcome to there as a season. Hey, good morning. How are you? Good. good thank you. Um, my comment on your millennial work ethic, because I am a millennial, and I'm not going to lie, most of my generation is pretty lazy, and they don't want to work. Wow. Well, they're, they're Thanks for admitting <laughs> what you see. Yep. Why, why is that, Kyle? Yeah. I mean, and we, and we don't want to paint with too broad a brush here, but it is one of those things that's been written about or commented about. And a lot of employers have been a little frustrated that there seems to be some kind of a cultural change with regard to labor. Yeah. Why is what that? Do you, yeah. Well, I believe it starts with schools and parents at first. When I was in school, they always told me, you got to go to college, got to get a degree to be able to do anything in life. Well, okay. college is extremely expensive for most of Americans. Right. And I'm one of them. I couldn't afford to go, mm -hmm. so I got skilled labor. I'm a welder and a heavy equipment operator. Mm -hmm. I work a dead-end, go-nowhere job, and I've been stuck in that rut since I graduated high school in 2009. Okay. I don't make much money, and I have very little benefits. So is, are you saying that because there doesn't seem to be a, a pathway to maybe um, you know an improving wage and so forth, that that's part of your disenchantment with your yeah, profession? Uh, that's part of part of my disenchantment with it, but at the same time, I just do my job and I leave with a smile. I try to keep my mouth shut as most as much as I can. I have quite a bit of experience. Uh -huh. I've worked jobs where I was the oldest person in there with the most experience at my young age, mm -hmm. and what to do nothing but watch my employer bring in people who know nothing, bring them in for more money than what I make and treat them like gold and yet treat me like a piece of dog turd. Well, <laughs> which would be disincentivizing to anybody. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate the call, Kyle. Thank you. We're going to go to a break here in just, in just a moment. There's lots more on this topic. We're going to talk about a researcher and author who's been asking some of the same questions we have. His name is Eric Chester. We've also got calls ahead from Anna, Charlie, Claude, and a lot more. And we've got more on this topic, including how one might address the disengaged or disenfranchised worker. Thoughts about your passion and work. A lot of people talk about that. And also seven components of a solid work ethic. All of that plus your calls, 457-1290, right after the news. You're listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. It's an Ask the Experts weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news weather and traffic station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. This is the station Dayton turns to first for live team coverage of breaking news. WHIO Dayton Springfield. Your news starts now. Depend on it. It's 9.30. I'm Jonah Adi with the WHIO News Update, our top story we're following this hour. We're keeping tabs on the weather today as things are going to cool down considerably from what we saw earlier this week. Sunshine and pleasant temperatures in store for us this weekend. I'm meteorologist Josh Poland. Your exclusive WHIO forecast is coming up. Well, WHIO triple team traffic is looking all clear throughout the Miami Valley. We're not seeing any major accidents or slowdowns to speak of that are going to get in your way this morning. In our top story, things are going to keep pleasantly cool this weekend with highs today only reaching about 83. Things will be hotter than that on Monday with temperatures back up towards 90 again.
We'll keep the hot weather around on Tuesday with a chance for a few thunderstorms in the afternoon and cooling down just a bit for Wednesday with a high around 87. Meteorologist Josh Poland has the exclusive WHIO forecast in just minutes. While a Springfield man convicted of trafficking an elephant tranquilizer 100 times more potent than fentanyl has been sentenced. Christian Dearmond was sentenced to 42 months in Dayton's U.S. District Court by Judge Walter Rice in order to serve 100 hours of community service or job training plus main employment after his release from federal prison. That's WHIO's Bill Scheidel with team coverage. A University of Wisconsin wrestler and an Urbana native is dead after a car crash in Illinois. 21-year-old Eli Stickley was a current wrestler at the University of Wisconsin. Trooper said Stickley went off the road, overcorrected, and rolled his car into oncoming traffic. News Center 7's James Brown says Stickley is the nephew of U.S. Representative Jim Jordan. He was also a standout wrestler at Graham High School and a state champion in 2014. The university posting a memorial statement uh, late yesterday. Now let's get a look at our exclusive 24-hour weather forecast. Here's meteorologist Josh Poland. Lots of sunshine today with a high near 83, mainly clear skies tonight. It'll be a pleasant night, low down to 59. More sunshine for Sunday and getting warmer, a high near 87. I'm meteorologist Josh Poland on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. The latest scan of the Doppler 7 radar is looking all clear throughout the Miami Valley. A beautiful morning out there indeed. 64 degrees in Troy, 66 in Springfield and in Dayton at 932. I'm Jonah Adi on Dayton's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station that you can depend on. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. For good news in Dayton, this is Neil Ratliff, Senior Vice President of Commercial Banking for West Banco Bank. Dayton Gastroenterology was formed in 2010 when Digestive Care Inc. and Gastrointestinal and Liver Diseases Consultants merged. Dayton Gastro is the largest gastroenterology practice in the area with two main offices and nationally accredited endoscopy centers in Beaver Creek and Inglewood and an additional office in Miamisburg. Their 23 board certified physicians and caring staff have an unwavering commitment to quality care and excellent patient service. Dayton Gastro also sponsors a charity called No Butts About It to raise awareness of the importance of screening colonoscopies to prevent colon cancer and provide free screenings for local uninsured people who meet economic hardship criteria. Craig Penno, CEO, physicians and staff of Dayton Gastro, you are good news for Dayton. Good News in Dayton is brought to you by Grunder Landscaping Company and West Banco Bank. For more information, visit goodnewsindayton.com. This is WHIO's Clark Howard. I save you money, and the gang at WHIO work hard to bring you live breaking weather, traffic, and news right here. WHIO. The Miami Valley's only radio station for 24-hour breaking news, weather, and traffic. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Welcome back to There Is a Season, the show about how we change, how we age, and how we care for one another. I'm Bob Wolf, And I'm Gloria Shanahan. Thank you for joining us once again. 937-457-1290 as we talk today about work ethic in America. Has it changed? Can you even put your finger on what it means today? what it used to mean. Do we need more of it? If you have a comment or something to share, please call us at 457-1290. And we've got calls coming up here from Charlie, uh, Claude, and Glenn in just a moment here, so we ask you to hang on. And I think we had another one from Anna, so if Anna wants to call back, that'd be terrific. I think we lost you somewhere in there. So, you know, we've been reading from a number of different articles that have talked about this issue going back over the last decade. And one from USA Today in 2012 had talked about how uh, they were concerned, a lot of employers, about self-centered work ethic. Um, now, experts who specialize in, as I say here, bridging the gap between the expectations of different generations say it's not that younger generations have no work ethic. They have a self-centered work ethic. Uh, there's an author, Cam Marston, who's written a book called Motivating the What's-In-It-For-Me Workforce, <laughs> Uh, and he insists that millennials are dedicated to completing their task well. The younger generations haven't been raised in a way that, quote, demands them to look around and see what should be done next, Marston says. Instead, they ask, what is my job? And they go about figuring the best, fastest way to complete that task. Then they consider themselves done. And the younger they are, the more your employees view their jobs as something to do between the weekends. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. So bottom line is he says they want to get the job done and they want to put it behind them and just enjoy life. And I, and I suppose there, there's something to be said. There's some merit here in the idea of expediting that, that job, of right? Of course. Uh, but not every job can be so cleanly defined as to say you're going to go from A to letter D and then you're finished. You and know? that's kind of what they're saying they want. Yeah. 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 So the, 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 the customer focus and the little extra maybe is, is not there. Let's see what Charlie thinks. Charlie, welcome to There is a Season. I appreciate you holding on. Well, thank you kindly. I appreciate being on. Uh, I got... Uh, something to, to share that uh, may be hitting the nail on the head, but work ethic is a heart issue that can't be bought. Mm-hmm. What I'm looking at now, I'm 81 years old. I started working with my dad in uh, refurbishing houses and things like that when I was eight years old. And that developed such a work ethic in me that today I can't stop working. I'm always looking for something to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, if I can't, don't have it around my own house to do, I'm looking to help people mm-hmm. with yep. the working for them and trying to help with them and do what I can to make life better for other people. So in other words, work means service, right? It's almost synonymous, it sounds like, for you, that work equals service. Well, uh, you, can't, you, you, you never run out of it. It's always there if you're looking for it. It can and always be productive, if, right? If you have it as a heart issue... You can't stop. And, it's and something that you do. And it, I do believe that it is, um, it is something that is ingrained in us from a young age. If if it is a heart thing, right. um, you, I I was you, a hard worker as a kid. My parents expected me to do quite a right. bit. I thought compared to my counterparts. Um, and I have to say, as much as I didn't like it then, I have a very strong work ethic now. I work very hard, and I have a hard time not having something worthwhile to do, whether it be service right. to others or getting right. a job done. And I, I do thank my parents now for making my life miserable as a child. <laughs> but it paid off <laughs> in the long run. It did. And I think that's what's missing today. It turns out to, to be the issue of loving work. Right. Rather than having work drive you, you look for it and you love to do it. And uh, it, it Give something a purpose in life. Yes. Yeah. And yes. It, it, it's not that that pay is unimportant, but it's not always the principal driver. Right. Exactly. Thank you for thank co- you very much. For the, I, well, let me share one thing with you. Okay. Here in Springfield, we have a restaurant that is now cutting back on its uh, business uh, from eight to eight to eight to three in the afternoon. Why is that? Because for months and months and months, they've tried to find kitchen help. They cannot find kitchen help. They had one person that they hired that was in culinary school, and she came and worked for them, and it just the task was just overwhelming, and she quit. Yeah. She's in culinary school. I think That's our younger thing. generation feels overwhelmed with yep. hard work or lots of, there, yeah, hard there work. There we are. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for the Thank call. Thank you. Appreciate it, Charlie. Thanks. Yep. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Uh-huh. Right. Bye-bye. Let's, uh, let's talk to Claude here. Claude, welcome to There is a Season. Thanks for waiting. Thank you. Um, I I know the problem, at least for uh, which which in, includes me, uh, is we don't get on our knees. Okay. We don't believe in the power of prayer. Mm-hmm. We try, we 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 go to Washington to legislate things or state government. You know, it, it gives a testimony against the power of prayer. We that and and you know about the work. That's been a commandment by God since Genesis to work. It's in our nature. If we don't work, we disintegrate. Mm-hmm. So you see, this is a spiritual uh, void for a lot yes, of people. I do. do you think that is a, a greater void for for a younger generation of people? Is this something we're seeing more and younger, more of? Every generation. And there's other things too. It's just not work. It's it's everything. We need to get on our knees. And then we'll, we'll get in and believe in the power of prayer, and things can be different. And that's just not thing. And, and, and non-Christians need to realize also, it's not government. So um, it's not government. It's us. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Okay, You're thanks welcome. for thanks Thank you for calling. Let's, uh, let's welcome Glenn to the program. Glenn, good morning. How are you? Hi, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, um, I'm 42 years old, and 
I grew up in Indiana. My father had a salvage business when I was younger, which means we basically had like a junkyard and we recycled things. And my work ethic was basically developed through there, much like Gloria said, not because I necessarily wanted it to be that way uh, or even that my parents wanted it to be that way, but we were poor. We had the work to get the things that we wanted. Yes. And so while I think all of the callers have um, made some very, very good points, fortunately, I think uh, there is a big sector of people as parents, we want better for our children, so we kind of spoil them a little bit more and don't make them work as much um, for that. But through the hard work that I did back then, learning also how to run machinery and drive trucks and do um, different tasks, I've been able to do that now with jobs that I currently hold but have also held in the past. But I think that there is a cultural shift also going with the generations because, unfortunately, where I work now, I see a lot of um, folks that are that are retiring or are very close to retirement seem to seem to have this entitlement attitude themselves while they're topped out at twenty five thirty bucks an hour where I work at mm-hmm. um, they seem to want to do less and less and less because they have a sense or attitude that they've put their time in but the thing is if you're still there and on the clock you still have the same responsibility as somebody that started last week, as far as I'm concerned. So um, they they are entitled to maybe a little easier job because of their time and seniority. But the cultural shift that I am seeing is um, from that older generation, not so much leading by example. I hear a lot of complaining from that generation saying, well, the young people don't want to do anything nowadays, but they're not leading by example themselves. They're going for the easiest job that they can always get, doing the least amount of labor for that, common sensibly. But young people are not stupid by any means, and they're going to watch that example as well. So I think that that's something that folks also need to take um, into consideration that we're watching. Yeah, Yeah. and I think one thing is, you know, I think that some of the older generation has seen that the younger generation just doesn't care, and they're like, well, why should I be doing more than them? They're not doing anything. They're getting paid the same thing. And earlier, your point about uh, spoiling our children. I was not spoiled as a young child. I did. I, I wasn't was, either, no. And I did have to work hard. And if I wanted a pair of tennis shoes, I had to work for them. My parents didn't just hand them over. And I do think we're handing so much over to our kids so easily. And that would include, Too much. That yep. would include their um, entertainment through select sports and whatever. And the parents will say, well, they don't have time to do this. They don't have time to do that because they've got this. They've got that. We've done it. I, I think we, we are somewhat <laughs> to blame here for spoiling our children with activities and or material possessions quickly and easily. Thanks for the call, Glenn. I appreciate it. Great subject today. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Hey, you're welcome. Thanks. Now, we've been uh, talking. We've got more calls ahead here, so just hang in there for a moment. We've been talking uh, today about the work ethic, four five seven twelve ninety. if you'd like to get in on the conversation uh, an author and researcher named Eric Chester had written a, a story, a story, an article called What's Wrong with the Work Ethic in America? And he says the decline of work ethic is not uniquely an American problem, but one that is affecting all Western nations and a growing numbers of, the, of those in the East. However, if we examine the American workplace today with a comparable example from the 30s, the 60s, or even the 90s, it's easy to see that America has lost sight of the virtues that comprise work ethic, the very things that helped build our country. The pursuit of happiness in the American dream drove progress and innovation, but they came with unintended side effects. In many cases, for instance, healthy ambition has morphed into avarice. Something like that. Avarice. Avarice, okay. Urbanization and an emphasis on large-scale businesses means fewer and fewer kids are learning about work in the natural course of family life. Technological advances make life faster, more fun, more entertaining, and easier to navigate are also consuming our time and energy while eliminating avenues for learning vital concepts about work. And pop psychologists have pushed parents to focus on, here we go, building self-esteem in their children, creating at least two generations of me-centric workers. No wonder so many employers are using terms like entitled, 
disengaged, unmotivated, and disloyal when describing their current workforce and potential labor pool. Is that not what Glenn just it, referred to? He's talking about this I, multi-generation thing. I, 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 it's true. So, it's so true. you know, if you think we're just picking on millennials, we're not. You know, or, or or the digital addicts and so forth. It seems to be, you know, more than one generation facing this, but it does seem to be something more recent that people are, are focusing on the last. Or it's five getting or 10 worse. Years. It seems to be getting worse. Yeah. Let's welcome uh, our our resident sage. This is Bernie. Bernie, welcome to the program. Hi. How are you? Hi. I finally got through. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Bernie. We missed you. You haven't called in a while. Yeah, I know. I didn't call last week uh, because. Uh, you know, I, I just wasn't into it for some reason. That's all right. What, what's anyhow, your take? on this work thing, uh, I had to work hard when I was growing up and everything. But you know what? When I worked for something, I thought, you know what? I did it myself. It's mine. Hooray. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way I look at work is, hey, I'm doing this myself, and somebody's not telling me what to do or giving it to me when I may not want someone else to do that. So mm-hmm. you mean it? You if it, it was um it was a thing for you. Yeah, independence and and pride in your work. Yeah, yeah. Money had nothing to do with it, because you know I figured well I can't control what goes on at the top anyway, and if I'm being uh, screwed over from the top, I'll look up to God and say you take care of this. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent point. All right. Thanks, Bernie. Thanks, Bernie. You bet. Take care. Mm, bye bye. Let's welcome Ellen to the program. Ellen, welcome to There Is a Season. Oh. We've heard from, a, heard from a lot of guys today. What, what's your take on this? Um, so I was just calling because I'm a teacher at the high school level. And, of course, I'm just this topic came on the radio this morning, and I thought, oh, my gosh, I have some opinions on that. So uh, I've definitely seen just in the – this is my fifth year teaching. And in just those five years, I've seen the decrease in student motivation. Um, and it's been so interesting to watch. And I'm not sure what, what the cause is, of course, um, We've talked about digital addiction. It definitely plays a role. I think it's more instant gratification than Mm -hmm. you were talking a little bit ago about, like, how they want to see somebody go from point A to point D and then they're done. Like, A, B, C, D, follow the directions and I'm done. And I think that that is a major part of that instant gratification. They, They grow up with apps and so much around them and they just want to be entertained and then they're done. I don't, I don't know, something about that, like the quick get, get whatever I'm doing and done and put in the minimum effort to get the maximum output. But unfortunately, it's not productivity. It's just put in as little as possible. And, and I think those digital uh, things, do. Not, we don't want to hang it all on that, but I think that makes whatever this attitude is worse because it, it creates a restlessness. There's always a reason to be picking up that device to get the next shot of dopamine. And they can get it quick. It's absolutely. It's yep. really hard to get that to put away devices in the classroom. I mean, you have to be constantly monitoring. And I read a statistic somewhere that showed that kids are actually, like, anxious. There's a, yep. You can measure the anxiety if they have, like, a blinking <laughs> indicator on their phone and they're not able to check it. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. If they, I, know, yep. if they know they've received a message, they have to have to check it and it's just kind of i think part of the reason that instant like i have to know everything right now um just leads to not wanting to i don't know work no patience even to learn or to to take things in at a slower rate which is basically what educators are doing in the classroom you know it's it's not fast enough it's not exciting enough and they kind of tune out i think i really do it's a great yeah. paradox of our age to have these digital tools, which are supposedly enhancing our productivity and mm. connectivity, and actually, yeah, and in many cases, doing it. In one opposite. sense, but I think it limits our 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 mental capacities. Like yeah. we can accomplish more. Yeah. Yes, it does. Well, I appreciate the call. Thank you very thank much, you. Ellen. Yes. Thank appreciate you. you listening. Take uh-huh. care. Bye. Bye. So what, why is it that younger workers are being described with the term entitled? You've heard that. You've heard us talk about being distracted and so forth. We're going to talk about that more right after this next break. We've got more about the Eric Chester article, also some previews, and a whole lot more for you still to come. You're listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. When the Miami Valley gets hit with breaking news, severe weather, or traffic tie-ups, depend on us for up-to-the-minute information. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. 
Due to increased business, Craftsman Home Improvements is currently seeking skilled installers to join their team. As one of the top kitchen and bath design build firms in Ohio, they need experienced full turnkey contractors for steady year-round work. Qualified candidates must have tools, truck trailer, and insurance. Experience with finished carpentry, tile, plumbing, electric, and drywall is required. Current openings are in Kettering and Westchester, and plenty of work is available. Check them out at craftsmanhome.com. That's craftsmanhome.com. At Miami Valley Gaming, a Buckeye in your pocket is lucky. And with over 1,800 gaming machines... Hey, Lucy. Oh, wow. It's Bucky, the Buckeye Farmer. Who are you talking to? I'm talking to the people. So there's tiny people inside the microphones? Awesome. Aw, oh, Bucky. Visit Miami Valley Gaming just off I-75 at exit 29. Get ready to get lucky. Must be 21. Gambling problem in Ohio? Call the gambling helpline at 1-800-589-9966. And what a beautiful day today at the old ballpark. Uh, breaking the action in time for one of the fans' favorites, the Kiss Cam. And oh, check this guy out. He's too busy enjoying his bucket of chicken to give his girl a kiss. People are starting to boo him. Oh, well, now they're cheering because it's Lee's famous recipe chicken. Oh, we can't blame him for that. Right now at Lee's, get a 12-piece family meal for only $25.99. That's 12 pieces of mixed classic chicken, three large sides, and six biscuits for just $25.99. Lee's, famous for chicken. This is Rick Moody, your commercial real estate connection for the Dayton region. For leasing, buying, selling of office, retail, industrial, or warehouse space, contact me at Coldwell Banker Commercial Heritage. This is Rick Moody. I am your place for space. Lots of sunshine today with a high near 83. Mainly clear skies tonight. It'll be a pleasant night, low down to 59. More sunshine for Sunday and getting warmer, a high near 87. I'm meteorologist Josh Poland on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Dayton and Springfield Station for 24-hour news, weather, and traffic. And our Ask the Expert weekends, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Welcome back to There is a Season. I'm Bob. And I'm Gloria. We've been talking today about work ethic. What does it mean? What did it ever mean? And has there been a change? Has there been some kind of a shift uh, four five seven twelve ninety. We might still be able to squeeze in one more call. The author Eric Chester had written an article, "What's Wrong with the Work Ethic in America," and he asked the question, "Why is it that younger workers are being described with the term entitled?" We've heard that a couple of times today. Why are people having such a hard time acclimating to a traditional work environment? Well, they've grown up in a world where most people work hard to find ways of avoiding hard work. They've heard stories telling how lottery winners, day traders, bloggers, dot-comers, and internet marketers have managed to beat the system and derive a huge bounty with little or no effort. They've been inundated with reality television that turns talentless fools into millionaires <laughs> in the blink of an eye and with the greatest of ease. The impact of this value programming has created a mindset shift. Work is no longer the primary source of personal pride but rather something to disdain, to shortcut, or to elude altogether. In a perpetual quest to separate effort from reward, the average employee is less concerned about the value they can provide to their employers and more concerned about what they can get from them. And I think when we, when we first talked about this uh, a few years back, there, there were some other factors, too, that kind of came in here. We've, we've you know, hit on digital addiction and all that kind of thing. But we've also talked in the, in the past about easy credit. Uh, we are, in some ways, uh, we are the victims of our own device. You know, we've created a, an economy that's got more and more leisure opportunity. We've had a lot of credit, so we finance a lot of things. And people so come up faster, thinking, yeah, quicker, I'm going to get this degree, that job with this level of pay so that I can buy this kind of house and drive that yep. kind of car and have this kind of vacation. Things that uh, maybe people in previous generations struggled for a long time, decades, to achieve if they ever achieved them. Right, because they would save up for it or they had to. There wasn't all of these things to make it easy to have or do. Right, and so Credit. the media, including these digital devices, phones, yep. pump it right into your face that you can have this stuff right now and what's the fastest way to get there. Now, again, part of this you might say, well, gee, that, that seems expedient. Why wouldn't some young person decide to do the job as fast as possible? But what, what we're also seeing is that a lot of folks aren't even measuring up to 
the minimum bar of what they're expected, let alone whether they're having the maturity to go beyond that and say, I can do something extra. We're not just talking about sweat equity per se, like trying to, you know, trying to burnish your own uh, uh, role in the company for some future financial benefit. It's not that. It's the idea of having a customer focus, that you're there for service. And I think Charlie had said that earlier in the thing, that has, the whole life was built around service, always something to do for someone else, not just to get. Right, right. So when, uh, when Eric Chester gets uh, hired by corporations and associations to talk about this, he's often asked, if you were speaking to a disengaged or disenfranchised worker, what advice would you give to this person to motivate them to get to give their best? And there's three things. Yes. Yeah, so number one, do whatever is within your control to eliminate the things that demotivate you. Right. Right. Which includes being around positive people. Right. Yeah. Surround yourself with coworkers who enjoy their job. As opposed to people who don't or the Debbie Downers who are always complaining about the company, blah, blah, blah. Um, Talk you know. to, we talked about if, if, if the break room is a, is a downer and makes you feel like you're in prison and so forth, you can go outside, take a walk, or you can maybe renovate or ask to renovate the break room to make it a positive place. Right. Here's a big one. Get out of the mindset that work sucks or that you're stuck. <laughs> it's a free country. No one's making you work more where you do. We had a comment earlier about you know uh, education and so forth. Uh, this is not a panacea for everything, but education, especially at the community college level, is affordable. There's right. a lot of ways to change your track. Right. And this, I think, is important within that thread, Bob. You can use your off work time to take classes or improve your skills to move up in your present company or to, you know, maybe just take up another whole career if you're not happy. But instead, what are we seeing? It, a lot of this digital addiction, you know, people, they're not doing that. They're not motivating themselves even to get ahead. But number three is work like you're showing off. Approach your next shift as if every move is being video audience and that your parents, kids, friends, and future employees are all tuned in to you. So if you would, you know, perform your normal job under these conditions for an entire day, it would really feel impossible to feel down or disengaged, wouldn't it, Bob? Right. It and would. your em employers would definitely notice you if you're doing that. So, so you know, a lot of times uh, consultants like this and, and researchers and authors are asked to come up with a summation. What does it mean to have a work ethic and so forth? And at the risk of sounding simplistic, um, Eric Chester came up with the following description for what he considers what, what employers are looking for. Positive, enthusiastic people who show up for work on time, who are dressed and prepared properly, who go out of their way to add value and do more than what's required of them who are honest, who will play by the rules, and who will give cheerful, friendly service regardless of the situation. And this may be and too fast to key into your cell phone but uh, or your digital device. The short form of this is? Um, attitude, reliability, professionalism, initiative, respect, integrity, and gratitude. You heard it here. Attitude, reliability, professionalism, initiative, respect, integrity, and gratitude. All things to ponder today as we think about work ethic. In the coming weeks, we're going to talk about more topics here on There is a Season. We're going to talk about, um, uh, where is it here? We've got, okay, we've got a number of medical shows coming your way, including the, uh, the discussion of dental implants. A lot of people wonder, are they right for them? What's changed with the technology? Are they painful? How fast is it? And all that. We're going to be talking about that. Also, sex trafficking. And why is it a bigger problem in this area than others? And what's being done about it? And also somewhat related to today, the grievance culture, how every gripe is a cause and how everything has become politicized. Those are all shows coming your way. I want to thank you for walking along with us today. Look for our new and improved website coming your way soon. I'd like to encourage you to take an extra moment to stop and care for someone in your life or someone you simply encounter. And remember, dear friends, seek grace in every step and never regret growing older. It is a privilege denied to many. For my dear friend and co-host, Gloria always productive. That was more. For our producer, Javon, always productive. And for those who make this show possible, everyone, a big thank you to all of you. I'm Bob Wolf, and you've been listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and News 95.7 FM, WHIO. Have a blessed week. From our downtown Dayton McAfee Heating and Air Studios, WHIO AM Dayton, WHIO FM Pleasant Hill, a Cox Media Group station.